Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating, her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. I believe that guts are the most important quality for the beginning entrepreneur. Without guts, neither money nor an idea will entice you to enter and play the exciting game of business. You need guts to start a business and to keep going after failure and rejection. You need the commitment to make things happen, not just watch things happen. There's no substitute for fire in the belly, a burning desire to succeed, to achieve, and to be your own boss. And that's why it's important to eliminate, avoid, and transfer all the risk of business ownership when legally possible. How do we do that? Well, today I want to talk about and then break down the different ways you can structure a business. The takeaway is why and when you should move beyond being a sole proprietor. So the decision to move from sole proprietor to a corporation or an LLC is directly related to three things. One, liability exposure. Two, income taxes. Three, business continuity and exit planning. Liability exposure is understanding that a tax on your assets can come from virtually any direction. A costly uninsured motor vehicle accident, a major damage suit for injury around your home or business, you know, someone falling down a flight of stairs, IRS assessments and liens, business debts, breach of contract disputes, a lawsuit with business partners, a disgruntled employee who sues you for wrongful termination or sexual harassment malpractice, claim for a defective product, bankruptcy, fine for violating federal and state laws, long-term catastrophic illness, those that have to go into a nursing home because of Alzheimer's or stroke, disability, bankruptcy, job loss, negligence, natural disasters, the new 2021 Corporate Transparency Act, and of course, divorce. Do you know anyone who has kept all of their assets after a divorce? You see, asset protection is a set of legal techniques and a body of statutory and common law dealing with protecting assets of individuals and business entities from civil money judgments. The goal of asset protection planning is to insulate assets from claims of creditors without perjury or tax evasion. As you accumulate wealth and assets, you become the target of creditors and predators, which include the IRS, state and federal government, disgruntled employees, co-owners, and yes, ex-spouses. You see, true asset protection can only occur if you take away the incentive to sue. That's to make the enforcement of judgments against your protected assets virtually impossible and to allow the owner of protected assets to retain engineered control over those assets. John D. Rockefeller said it best, own nothing, control everything. So who needs asset protection? 
Well, let's talk about the fact that there are over 50,000 lawsuits filed in this country every day. We are in a litigation explosion, and the impact on everyone is significant. So the simple answer is anyone with money. If you have or own personal residence, a boat, automobile, motorcycle, RV, trailer, wave runner, and a snowmobile, a vacation rental, Airbnb, short-term rentals, or any property with tenants. If you own animals such as horses, cows, honeybees, a vicious dog that bites. And of course, if you have teenage children, you need asset protection. Why is this? Well, reality in the legal system is that people are named as defendants in lawsuits, not because they are at fault, but because of their ability to pay. Attorneys consider whether a theory of liability can be developed against a party who can pay a judgment. That's called a deep pocket defendant. This is someone who has substantial insurance coverage or significant personal assets. You see, the legal system has no effective means of discouraging abusive lawsuits. So asset protection is an ongoing process. One simple act today will not necessarily solve your problems for the long run. In fact, asset protection must be accomplished in a systematic way with specific goals in mind. I use the acronym DEFEND. D, define your goals. Why do you need asset protection? What are your goals for the long term? What do you want to do with these assets that you're working so hard to create? E, engage professional assistance. You've got to have people on your team from tax professionals, me, someone who forms entities and helps you understand how to stay protected in the long run, attorneys, estate planners, all kinds of people that are going to help you um, make sure that you defend and protect against those frivolous lawsuits. Forethought, education, you never want to stop learning. And then, of course, you need to decide to implement. So when is the best time to begin your asset protection plan? Yesterday. Our second consideration for when it's time to move from sole proprietor to a corporation or an LLC is income taxes. Do you realize that income taxes are the number one expense in this country? Federal, state, Social Security exceed what you spend on food, housing, transportation, and clothes. The other reason income taxes are an issue is because a lot of people fear the IRS because that's what the government wants, us to be afraid, be very afraid of the great collector. This fear brings in billions of cash and causes Americans to pay up without the IRS ever lifting a finger to collect. Did you ever notice when you put the words the and IRS together, it spells theirs? Most Americans are in the dark on key deductions and rules, which leads them to miss out on money-saving deductions. The key, which is what I teach, is to learn to play the game of taxes and win. But you see, there's a lot of myths out there. Myth number one, I didn't make a lot of money this year, so I don't need to know about tax planning. Fact is, most Americans are in the dark on what tax bracket they're in. 
key deductions and rules, which leads them to miss out on money-saving deductions. Myth two, my home-based business has to have a profit of at least three out of five consecutive years. False, you have to have a profit motive. Intend to earn more in revenue from the activity than you incur in expenses to claim business deductions. It doesn't mean you'll necessarily earn a profit, it just means that you're intent. Myth number three, my accountant takes care of my taxes. False, it's your tax return, it's your responsibility. It is up to you to provide the correct information so they can file. If the IRS finds an error, they hold you, the taxpayer, responsible, not the tax preparer. Myth number four, tax knowledge won't save me that much money anyway. Let me share a story about knowing the importance of tax knowledge. This goes back to about 1995 when my company, Sage International Inc., was three years in business. My dad was speaking to a large group of real estate investors when this guy comes barreling down the aisle after my dad finished his presentation and said, I can't believe that none of my professional advisors ever talked to me about the importance of incorporating to reduce my liability exposure, thereby protecting all of my assets, and he said he needed to do something now. That person was Robert Kiyosaki, who then became our client. I remember him sitting in the office, stating one day, telling us that he was going to write a best-selling book and that he was putting our company name and 800 number in the book so he could refer his readers to us to help all of them reduce their taxes and protect their assets. I'll never forget when he said, Sherry, this is going to be a best-selling book, and are you going to be ready? I said, Robert, it's a book. What do you mean by being ready? Well, little did I know that that book was going to be Rich Dad, Poor Dad that literally created a new thought revolution and to this day is still a huge bestseller. Remember when he asked if I was going to be ready? What he meant was in that year, 1997, when the book was released, Sage International Inc. went from about $300,000 in annual revenue to over $4 million. Believe me, I was not ready. Yet, I knew enough to reach out to my tax advisor in October of that year, a brilliant woman who taught me a lot, to say, Lisa, based on what we expect to generate before the end of the year, what kind of an IRS tax bill am I looking at? She said, right now, you would have to write the IRS a check for about $400,000. I almost fell out of my chair. I didn't have $400,000 sitting in the bank account, and I'll be damned if I did that I was generously going to give it to the IRS. So what did we do? Well, she suggested, and we did, fund a pension and profit sharing plan to the tune of about $100,000. We gave every one of our employees a substantial raise. We invested in all new equipment and technology, and we had one hell of a Christmas party. Do you know how much I paid the IRS? Zero. I had effectively and legally reduced my taxes to where I didn't have to pay anything. Please believe me when I say not knowing about tax planning is a myth. 
See, it's all about the golden tax secrets, a change in your perception. The tax code is a list of all the things you can deduct. You got to take advantage of all the tax deductible business expenses that you can. So it's a fundamental change, not just in the eventual accumulation of wealth, but how you live your life and the things that you enjoy. So what I discovered, you see, the tax code is 12,000 pages or more. It's regulations, administrative code. It's just overwhelming in scope and content and really almost impossible for everyone to figure out. But I distilled it down to what I call the 60-word secret. It goes like this. If you're an average W-2 wage earner, you get to earn, be taxed, and spend what's left. If you're a business owner, you get to earn, spend, deduct, and then pay a tax on what is left. So which tax code do you think you should work under? After this break, I want to build your foundation for freedom, how to choose the best legal structure for your business so you do effectively reduce your liability exposure and legally reduce your taxes. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own, or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? First, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should, like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes? For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put a proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started in the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. Most entrepreneurs realize that business is a complex game and money is the way you keep score. Many like the challenges. The skill that creates a company and jobs where none existed before is creativity of the highest order. But now is the time of decision. When starting a business, one of the first things you want to do is to choose the structure of your company. In other words, choose a business entity type. One of the easiest, oldest, and simplest forms of doing business is sole proprietorship. The problem with that is the owner is exposed to all the risks. If the business is sued, the owner is personally liable. All income and expense is recorded on your personal tax return. And sole proprietors pay 15.3% self-employment tax above the line, meaning before all their regular standard deductions. So you actually pay more in taxes. You have to pay estimated taxes throughout the year, and you have the highest percentage of tax audits performed is done on sole proprietors. The other problem with that is it terminates at the owner's death. So obviously, you're the business, you die, business over. And you're absolutely limited to your personal resources. You really don't have any ability to expand through new owners and their capital. Another way you can go into business is through a general partnership. This is where two people get together, they shake hands, they say, oh, we're in business. The problem with that is that each partner is now liable for the debts of the business. 
everything can be lost through the actions of the partners. That's called joint and several liability. And of course, separating is financially and emotionally painful. So a general partnership is very high risk. Of course, we have the limited liability company. These are great. They offer personal liability protection so that if there are uh, issues with the company, company gets sued, they don't just step through and go after all my personal assets. I get to choose how the LLC can be taxed. I can be disregarded like sole proprietorship if I'm single member. If I have two members, I can be a partnership. I can choose C election or I can choose S election. We're going to talk about those in a minute. There's less paperwork because like a corporation, you have lots of layers. You have managers or you have members in an LLC. Very simple. So it gives you management flexibility. You have the same business expenses and deductions because you are an incorporated entity. You have flexible distributions and they're less cost to maintain annually, especially in this state, Nevada, having a corporation runs you $300 more a year just because. And of course, there's easier succession planning. We form a lot of limited liability companies because of their flexibility, their ease of doing business, and yet they still offer all that outstanding liability protection that we want once we form. Next way you can do business is as a C corporation. So the liability is limited to the assets of the business, not your personal assets. You're not personally liable for the debts or obligations of your business. Tax advantage, in a C-Corp, all the income and loss stays within the corporation. It has its own tax rate schedule and is responsible to report and pay its own taxes. So in other words, the C-Corp does not flow down to the owners to report and pay tax. It allows for great capital generation because you can go out and get investors and issue more stock offers more tax deductions and tax planning benefits versus an unincorporated business, certainly fewer IRS audits, tax-free, tax-deferred owner, employee fringe benefits are amazing. You get to choose your fiscal year end. And of course, there's business continuity because the business goes on unless you formally dissolve. So I call the C corporations your shield and your sword. So of course, a lot of times when it makes sense, when we're working with professionals or folks that are personal services, accountants, CPAs, real estate professionals, that we choose the S election. So that changes it from a C corp to an S corp by filing a form with the IRS. What that does is it now combines the limited liability with the pass-through tax treatment, allowing the business income and loss benefits to flow directly to the shareholders, which eliminates the possibility of double taxation on business profits. The goal with an S-Corp is to zero out at the end of the year. Take some in wages, some in expenses, some in distribution. They're a powerful, powerful tool. So as I mentioned, another important factor to consider with regards to incorporating is business credibility and continuity. You see, with all of these entities, LLCs and corporations, it is a separate legal entity. 
which adds a layer of privacy. It allows you to establish core values. It creates a vision. It develops a brand identity that is separate from you. You get to plan and execute strategy. And it builds a relationship with customers, vendors, service providers, and employees. Excellent growth opportunities. When you have an incorporated business, you have the ability to grow. It also allows you to build credit and raise capital. People are more interested in loaning you money or investing in your business if you've got a structure that they know uh, has to stand on its own. Business continuity and perpetual life, meaning the business goes on forever. People obviously come and go. You're going to have different um, members or managers in an LLC, corporate shareholders, directors and officers, um, but the business stands solid. So that's part of the reason we want to start to think about exit planning and succession planning, because at some point the ownership of your business is going to change hands. The ease of transferring that ownership through an entity is much easier. And the one thing I always want people to understand, when, you're, when you have a company, it's an asset and you get to build its value. So all the things that I just talked about, vision and brand and strategy is growing something that you are proud of, something that you're pouring your heart and soul into, which at some point you hope that you can sell. Much easier to sell a business when it's got structure around it. So the other thing that I need people to understand is your business cannot walk, talk, think, or act for itself. So what gives you the authority to act legally uh, to represent your company? Well, it's all about documentation. So proper documentation proves that all the company income and expenses are properly documented and support all the business deductions being claimed. It proves that the company is not merely the alter ego of the owner. It provides a legal paper trail that all decisions were made during a meeting by those authorized to act on behalf of the organization. So if you want the advantages of having a corporation or an LLC, you must follow the legal requirements for running it. If you don't abide by the rules, you could find your business stripped of its separate legal status and the benefits of that status, such as limited liability, reduced taxes, flexibility, employee fringe benefits, business credibility, perpetual existence, and your exit strategy. So the key is you have to adhere to all the formalities. You have to keep the entity current. You need to pay the taxes when they're due. You have to comply with all local, state, and federal laws. You have to have enough capital insurance to deal with any potential liabilities. And of course, you never want to commingle business and personal funds or assets, right? And you have to use good judgment and common sense. Your choice of business entity is a very important one. The entity you choose can affect how people perceive your business, and more importantly, it has a big impact on your legal exposure, finances, and, of course, your ability to create happiness and enjoy your life. If it's structured correctly, you have everything you need to build something far bigger than yourself. 
If you have questions or want to learn more about which entity makes the most sense for your business, whether startup, sole proprietor, investor, or professional, please call Sage International, Inc., 800-254-5779, and schedule your free 30-minute consultation with me, Sherry Hill, the Wealth Protection Diva. I want to thank you for tuning into the Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business. Tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show.